Changing healthcare starts with a dream. Better care, smarter care, and healthier people. Listen weekly as Dr. Gregory Goodman interviews today's most innovative MDs as they transform healthcare and share their journey from white coat to business suit, highlighting lessons learned and golden prescriptions for your success. Join us today and get your doctor-recommended dose of MD Innovation. So this is Dr. Gregory Goodman on The Modern MD. I'm honored today. I've got Dr. Samir Kimar, a board-certified family medicine physician who is an expert in the fields of direct primary care, concierge medicine, and telemedicine. He's the founder and CEO of MedLion, the nation's largest direct primary care provider, which manages direct primary care practices in 26 states. Samir is also the founder and CEO of a medical tech startup, MedWand, having created a revolutionary telemedicine device that allows providers to remotely perform physical examinations via secure internet connections. He is board chairman of DPC United, a national DPC medical association and faculty member and DPC consultant for the American Academy of Family Physicians. Samir, welcome to The Modern MD. Such an honor to have you on the show. Thank you, Greg. So can you tell us a little bit more about you personally and your journey as a physician entrepreneur? Personally, it's quite a long-winded story. I was born overseas in Beirut, Lebanon, and came to the U.S. when I was just three months old, during when my father was pursuing his Ph.D. at Cornell. Shortly thereafter, he joined the United Nations, and we ended up traveling all around the world. I've lived in eight countries for at least a year in each of them and been to at least 75 others in my travels worldwide. I had a very rich childhood, being exposed to many different cultures and healthcare systems for that matter. I did my college schooling in Maryland and went back internationally to get my medical education, after which I returned then to Pennsylvania in Lancaster to finish off my family medicine residency. It was during residency that I realized that the current system of healthcare was failing and there had to be better ways to practice. So that's what led me uh, on my journey to find better ways uh, to improve uh, the healthcare system, innovative ways. And uh, I started that literally on day one after finishing residency. So it's been, it's been nonstop since, and so far it's been pretty exciting. What an incredible way to grow up. I'm really excited during the, the show to kind of dig in as you went right out of the gate, out of residency, to kind of thinking about how to transform healthcare and, and some of the incredible startups that you've uh, started. So we like to start the show off with a success quote. Do you have a quote that's important to you or, or something that you live by? Sure. I've got several. <laughs> so the one that I guess for me, one that I read a long time ago, and my parents lived in Rome for a long time. We had a home in Italy for 20-plus for years. Michelangelo once said, The greater danger lies not within setting our own aims too high and falling short, but rather in setting our aim too low and hitting our mark. And that is something I believe that entrepreneurs who are born really believe. We believe that there is always a better way to do something, and we, we're never satisfied. We're always hungry to see if there's a a way to challenge the status quo, to improve on the current system of things, to initiate change and advance society. Probably one of my favorite quotes and one that I try to subscribe to quite a bit. I love that. It's all about kind of dreaming big and and, and shooting big and not, you know, being afraid to fail or, or kind of build yourself up. 
really amazing. So I want to shift to our white coat to business suit. I know you you practice as a family physician. You've got two startups. You know you mentioned right out of the gate that you know after residency you uh, kind of went off and and started your own thing. Can you talk about that transition and kind of where you are today? So I, I went to a very good residency program, one of the best in family medicine, uh, at the Lancaster General Hospital in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It was an unopposed program, and we pretty much did everything. We ran some of the traumas, we delivered a lot of babies, we were able to practice in family medicine clinics throughout our tenure there, uh, really some of the best training that one could ask for in primary care. So with that fantastic training in hand, it's, it's almost commonsensical that you would want to go and use that training to practice. It was during residency that I realized that the system was just not working for those around me who were graduating and even looking at my attendings who were sometimes miserable in family medicine because of our current fee-for-service healthcare system and the fact that we were too dependent on insurance for primary care, which didn't make any sense to me. At that time, I was exposed to concierge medicine and thought that at least might be a better way for me to practice in terms of being able to spend more time with my patients, better access, and so forth. So I actually decided to start a concierge medical practice right when I graduated. In fact, I was advertising for my practice six months before then and practiced then concierge medicine across the country in Pebble Beach, California, where I also ended up becoming the house doctor for the famous Pebble Beach Resorts. I had a very nice patient list of celebrities and movie stars and rock stars, many of which are quite easily recognizable. And it was fun practicing in that way, I suppose. It's very different from what most doctors do. Typical day for me would be to go in my car to the golf course, go into their hotel rooms, take care of them, sit with them, chat, talk about life, come back to the office, maybe see a few more patients in my office for an hour each, make sure all their medicines were taken care of, sometimes flying on their private jets to accompany them if they needed nursing help and so forth, establishing nursing programs for their in-home care. So it was just a lot of fun uh, for me, but that was what I did with concierge medicine. That led to MedLion, uh, another company that I wanted to sort of emulate from concierge medicine, but to cater to everyone. I didn't go to medical school to just take care of a select demographic. I wanted to see if I could do something for most folks. So I created MedLion as another membership medical model that was to charge a membership fee that was more affordable by the masses, if you will, and started that company. And now today we are very, very large. We're in 27 states and we're growing very quickly in terms of uh, being a DPC carrier now. Uh, while that was going on, <laughs> I also decided to start a tech company after seeing that the telemedicine industry was heading in the wrong direction from a tech standpoint. Lots of video chat, nothing new, but no medical examinations. And the way telemedicine is currently exploding into its $30 billion industry is such that it's all video-based. And to me, it's akin to seeing a doctor without ever getting examined. Uh, examination is key for me. So we decided to invent something that would actually allow physicians and providers to examine patients in real time during video telemedicine appointments. Coming full circle, it's very difficult to be good at many things. A wise businessman who was my patient at one time, a very successful patient who's actually a billionaire, told me that I should either be a fantastic doctor or I should 
tried to be a fantastic entrepreneur, but it was very difficult to do both. And I should choose one. And because I had this new model of healthcare at that time, MedOne had not been formed, I should not let go of that tiger that I had by the tail and instead put all of my time and energy into improving healthcare and healthcare access for this country. Like my father before me, who traveled country to country, improving and defeating hunger in third world countries and emerging markets nationwide, uh, worldwide, instead of staying in one town, he was able to help many towns. In the same light, I decided to leave uh, Pebble Beach and instead of just setting up my practice in one area, do something that could impact many lives in many different cities across the U.S. So I now practice probably only 5 to 10% of the time. Most of my time is spent managing companies, operations, and uh, making a difference in healthcare from that standpoint. That's really, really exciting. And I wonder if you have some advice for some of the medical students or even you know residents kind of thinking about a different path. What would be your advice as to how to approach a career path like yourself or you know interested in kind of more of a system level change and looking at some of the exciting opportunities what would be your advice to uh, somebody kind of finishing residency or even a medical student you know looking at some of the opportunities I think when we go to medical school most of us we envision practicing someday we envision going into research or going into academia or maybe going into the lab I would suggest that medical students who are about to graduate also widen their horizons a little bit to take a look at other aspects of medicine. Uh, look at the business aspects of medicine. Look at how insurance impacts our healthcare system. Look at our healthcare system. Study new models of healthcare delivery, whether here in the U.S. or internationally. Be as open-minded as you can when looking at the entire industry of medicine, whether it's pharma, whether it's biotechnology, whether it's the business of it, it really helps you to understand how the system works in this country. Uh, in order to do what we have done at both MedLion and MedWand, uh, I can tell you, in addition to being a physician, I've had to become an expert in business, I've had to become an expert in insurance, I've had to become an expert in engineering, in tech, in telemedicine, and the list goes on and on. And it's something I think that most medical students would not shy away from, after all, we love learning. We don't mind reading and being eternal students. Uh, but why not also be students of other fields besides medicine where you can use your skill sets in medicine and impact society in different ways across multiple industries? So the advice to, to summarize is to just be insatiably curious about all fields out, immediately outside of medicine that would also impact medicine as well. And you'll find those opportunities if you look close enough. I think that's really great advice and, you know, to your point, keeping an open mind, staying curious, looking at the tangents of, you know, what some of the other opportunities are. It's, uh, it couldn't be a more exciting time in healthcare. So I want to shift to our idea to venture. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about both MedLion and MedWand. Can you talk about starting the companies and kind of, you know, how you grew them and scaled them and, and maybe some of the challenges you've had, you know, building the companies or building, you know, some of these new models? Sure. My pleasure. MedLion is about five years old. MedWand Digital Health is about a year and a half old. We'll start with MedLion. So MedLion was the brainchild of mine when I realized that there was a better way to practice medicine that would allow improved access for patients at lower cost. The math was very simple, and some of the business advice that I had received in the past was you need to be able to summarize your entire business in one or two lines on the back of a napkin, uh, which I did. And in summary, it was why don't we charge $50 a month 
per patient for as much primary care as we can give them. And that may sound like a very simple statement, but there's actually a lot of complexity in that. For instance, the $50 a month was deemed affordable at that time by most people because that's what the cable bills were at that time in 2010. That was our cable bill. And so we thought if most people will consider it okay to get cable, why not consider it to get 75% of their health care needs through primary care? Second part of it, which I've already just said, is that primary care is roughly 75% where most people go for their health care needs. It's where you go for your refills, for your labs, for your prescriptions, for some acute care, for some chronic condition management. And so coming to us under a fixed cost that was predictable for patients, fully transparent in terms of cost and services, would allow at least patients to seek primary care with us. And so we were the first ones to do this type of model in California, a very difficult state, highly regulated by the HMO industry. And to make sure we weren't breaking any insurance rules, we hired the best attorneys we could find. We got their blessing, and we went ahead with the model. We then found out there were some other like-minded visionaries around the country who had sought venture capital to grow their companies from, from day one. I thought about that quite a bit, and it's very tempting to take someone else's money to grow your business, but to me, as soon as you do that, you're for sale. And you become accountable then to those who seek profits rather than to your own patients for whom the model was created. So we elected not to take institutional funding and instead use basic diehard business principles to grow our new business. We started with one practice, which was my wife's own practice, and grew that to about 1,000 patients for MedLion. We then started getting calls from around the country from other doctors who were also interested in doing something similar because of all the benefits direct primary care instills in doctors' practices, such as no coding, no claims, much higher reimbursements, and so forth. So as we started developing our model to grow, we realized that we didn't want to charge doctors. We should make our money elsewhere, in this case, by charging employers administration fees for setting up these models of care that would not only benefit their employees, but also cut down their own health care costs. So there was incentive. So one by one, we started growing our or network, if you will. Today, we are more of a direct primary care carrier than a practice chain, if you will. We have about 350 doctors now in 27 states. We're growing very quickly, and we are now selling our benefits directly in supplementation to insurance plans to employers nationwide. So that's Medline. It's been very interesting, and uh, we have a very good team that I work with that uh, has helped me scale the company organically so far. MedWand was sort of a, came out of MedLion because at MedLion, we charge a monthly fee. And when you charge a monthly fee for care, you don't have to force patients to come in to charge their insurance, to bill them for that visit, i.e. the fee-for-service system, and that disappears in a capitation or a direct primary care type of model, which means there's lots of room for telemedicine. Not every visit necessitates an office visit. There are sometimes cases where you can use telemedicine or telephonic medicine to take care of a patient remotely. We do it all the time in residency when we're on call, if a patient needs medication or refills. What we saw was that in the ever-increasing use of telemedicine at MedLion, roughly 30% of our consultations were telemedicine. Google called us in 2014 and said, you're the largest direct primary care network in Nevada. We would like you to pilot our HIPAA-compliant video conferencing platform. And so we did. And one of the pet peeves that I had was there's really nothing medical about video chat. It's just video chat. And unless I can get data from the patient to better assess them, it's nothing more than FaceTime. So I tried to look for better ways of 
finding a way to examine my patients and wasn't convinced that there was anything that was good enough, so I created it. I invented something called the MedWand, which is a computer size, computer mouse size device that allows the doctor to remotely examine patients, so, such as it has a stethoscope, you can listen to the heart and lungs, things that you do with a stethoscope. It has a high-resolution camera in the front that's used as an otoscope and can do eye exams and skin exams and so forth. Uh, it has 3-lead EKG, so you can look for Q waves and ST segment changes for possible heart attacks. It has standard vitals, and they're all consolidated into one little device that sells for much less than an iPhone, for instance. And we wanted to create something uh, looking at the trend of telemedicine that's been growing because of cost, access, and convenience. We wanted to create something that would accelerate the telemedicine movement as markets shifted towards digital health. And we believe that it's an integral part of telemedicine when you can actually be examined in addition to just seeing your doctor. So that is what we created, and I hired the best engineering team that I could find, uh, gave them a big piece of my company, and said, if you guys do this, let's, let's change the world together in telemedicine. And we've done that, and we're, we've been very happy. It's been a great ride. Both companies are on a nice trajectory right now. We will be accepting investment for the technical company simply because tech is like that very short lifespans, tech becomes obsolete within a few years, and our goal is to really grow the company and prove to the world that telemedicine does need examinations and, and grow it that way. But it's, it's very interesting being at the junction of a revolutionary medical service company that's growing around the country, and now, of course, Medwand, which is revolutionizing telemedicine worldwide. Very excited about both companies. That's really incredible. So, so exciting. You're really changing the, the face of medicine. I think uh, bringing that physical exam, like you're saying, the virtual vi video visit, you know, if you don't have the data, it's really hard to, to kind of make that assessment. I think it's incredibly exciting. It's going to be exciting to, to, to see uh, the revolution. It, it looks like you did a recent partnership with Doctors on Demand. Is that correct? Yeah, so Doctor on Demand is one of our partners. We are selling MedWand, what we call digital on-site clinics or docs for short, to companies nationwide. And the point is to keep employees on the job uh, when they're sick, because many of them don't even want to take sick time off. They value work and, and the, the, their pay and so forth, so they want to stay on the job if they can. It really is difficult when they have to leave for several hours and go wait in a waiting room in an urgent care center. Why not be treated on-site? So we create these digital on-site clinics, and for many of these employers, uh, and they can be very small employers because all it takes is a computer terminal and a med wand to, to make it work, they, they want something that can be used on site and it's, you know, it's something that they can use to stay on, on the job. So Doctor on Demand was brought on board in case there was no telemedicine provider on the other end for the employer. So they're going to be instrumental with us marketing this around the country as well. And they have doctors in all 50 states. So they're not going to be our only partner. We have many that are going to come up. But basically, uh, they're a very trusted source of telemedicine providers. And we, we're very honored and thrilled to, uh, to be working with them. That's really exciting. Do you mind just sharing? I know this will be a, a tough question. What do you think is one of your best lessons learned or insights from starting you know, either one of the companies? So for both, you know, we read a lot about the success of entrepreneurs and those who are making huge advances in either healthcare or technology or so forth. I think the one thing to keep in mind is that none of this is very easy. It takes a lot of time to affect change, especially in healthcare. It's just the nature of healthcare. It's a conservative field. And so we have seen many enthusiastic 
followers who join us and, and, and applaud us and, and cheerlead us and want to get involved. And sometimes they get disappointed when they don't see the results fast enough. It just takes a lot of time to do that. The success stories that we read about sometimes just talk about the end result. And everybody's happy with the end result, but nobody talks about the struggle that came before that, which sometimes can take decades. And so the one thing that I have learned is that is not easy to change a culture overnight, whether it's healthcare, whether it's technology. It just takes time. And with persistence and a lack of ability to fail, if you will, and if you will, to get up again quickly and keep moving, those are the keys really to enduring and, and succeeding, I believe, when you're starting something new. But the fact that it takes a long time can't be understated enough. It is all about the journey. It's really exciting. So I want to shift to our last section. It's called Not Your Typical Hospital Rounds, so Business Rounds. Samir, can you share the best advice that you've ever been given? Wow, that's a gotten lots of advice. I guess the best advice would be to just never give up. You you keep working and you keep working and you don't give up, but while you're doing all of that to also have a good balance. So there's nothing wrong with uh, extreme work as long as you have a balance in there uh, because that's what really life is all about, I think. It's not uh, about working all the time, uh, which is great, but it's to also work enough so that you enjoy life as well. That's probably the best advice I've received, and I try to keep that in mind as I run these companies. That's really great. Along those same lines, one of the things that I'm really fascinated about with physician entrepreneurs, do you have a daily success habit or something that you do, a morning routine that you might attribute some of your success to? Yeah, I, I don't think it, it would be <laughs> reflective of just me. Uh, I think many entrepreneurs who do things like this make it a part of their daily habits. There are several things that I do on a daily basis. I get up very early. That, that's very important to me because, I mean, on the, I'm on the West Coast. We have actually business on the East Coast as well. So a business for us starts at 6 a.m. because we have business on the East Coast. So that helps sort of stay on top of things. So getting up early is very important for me. In addition to that, I like to do three things every day that enhance each of my companies it has to be three things and it can, they can be very small things such as a phone call to a distributor or big things such as a milestone but it has to be three things to feel that the company is moving forward that's very important to me and then in the evenings i guess you know eating well and exercising and all that is extremely important i think because it takes a lot of energy <laughs> running two companies, and you want to make sure you're always uh, in shape. It's very easy to get fatigued if you're not, and so it's important to hit the gym and do your thing, uh, not just to practice what you preach to patients, but also for yourself to maintain longevity, hopefully, and, and good health as you're on this emotional roller coaster running these types of companies. So, And finally, I'll end with uh, it's very important to me to sleep well. That's very important to me, and to sleep for you know the minimum seven to eight hours. Uh, there are lots of diehard entrepreneurs who will try to cut that in half, something I don't agree with, both from a medical and even a practical viewpoint. But I found that sleeping very well really does help you perform extremely well the next day. So that is something that I hold dear. Now, that's not always possible, but uh, those are the things I strive for on a daily basis. I really like that. It sounds like you have a really nice kind of thoughtful day, kind of balancing life as well. So kind of finishing up, I know you're working on, on really two exciting trends, both the direct primary care and telemedicine. What are you most excited about in healthcare, both in those fields and maybe just broadly speaking? Sure. I think you're seeing the biggest shift in healthcare since 25 years. And there are various reasons for that. Until recently, we never questioned why insurance was in primary care. And now that's starting to come up. So it's very exciting for me from that standpoint to see how society in the U.S., how 
people, how doctors, how employers will adopt direct primary care. And, and I know that we're part of that change, so it's very exciting for us. From a technology standpoint, Technology has never been an area, at least in medicine, uh, which has been invested in before. Medicine was never an area where you invested in. But now, with all the changes coming up, it's becoming more exciting. And I think that technology that's increasingly getting better and more efficient is, is part of the conduit to that. So we're following technology trends in, as it relates to medicine quite a bit. Technology, like what we're doing at MedWand, is I think just the tip of the iceberg. We have all sorts of things we're looking at, whether it's personalized medicine, genetic interruptions, if you will, to, to intervene and, and improve patient outcomes. And then I'm really also fascinated by artificial intelligence in medicine as well and how that will impact the traditions and the history of medicine as we know it. So I think lots of interesting things are coming up. I am fascinated by all of them. And again, it's very important to stay as open-minded as possible, look for opportunities to improve a certain segment of care, and I'm always looking for the next best thing that could be done. So I guess that's what gets me most excited every morning when I get up. Couldn't agree. It's such an exciting time. So Dr. Samir Kamar, thank you so much for joining us. A real honor and privilege to have you on the show and really excited to see, you know, all the exciting opportunities that both your companies achieved in the, in the coming years. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for joining me today on The Modern MD. Head to themodernmd.com to get links and recaps of every show and so much more. Dose up and like The Modern MD Facebook page.